Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Welcome back, listeners to Red Club Podcast. I'm here with Tomas Alas. I've already probably said his name wrong, but he is a steel sommelier. Again, probably did say that wrong as well, but <laughs> thank you for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. You're doing great. I mean, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You did good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So this is a whole new territory for me. I've had outlier knives on before and got to talk with Rob. So you're like my second knife wielding expert here. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. We're we're on the cutting edge of new. Oh, oh, there oh it is. the dad joke already. Starting already, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so let me preface this to listeners. So he is at Tactical Tavern on Instagram. Guys, he fights dummies and wields these blades. And I'm sure he has. We're going to talk about it. But doesn't cut himself on videos that I've seen. I still have. All 10, 10 figures. figures. I, I had to count real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I really, I, I'm curious because I don't know a lot about your background is who are you? What do you do? And how did you end up into the place you're in? And I don't want the short version. I kind of want the long version of how we're here right now. Absolutely. it's It's been an interesting process because... I mean, holy smokes, the technology is amazing. It's been it's been a blessing being able to connect with so many new people. And that's kind of where I started the Tactical Tavern YouTube channel. It was it was bred from uh, terrible experiences in the outdoors and in with gear. Um, it it was miserable I, at my first. So I, I'm a scout, like first and foremost, like a, a young boy scout going on his first camping trip. And I had nothing, right? It was like the first one ever. And we went to like Walmart, Big Five, and got all the budget gear, you know? <laughs> Not a good idea. And we get to the campsite, we set up, which took forever, by the way. Mm-hmm. And that night, like a big storm comes in and just floods everything. The tent obviously does not hold up. The sleeping bag turned into like a water balloon, you know? Because it's just like... It yep. Was- gross and on top of that we had set up on an anthill so then all these like bugs start coming out and it was just terrible i'm just like you know in the middle of the night shivering and so my friend matthew and i we like wake up the next morning all these other scouts like rush to help us they're like building a fire drying out our socks um i'm embarrassed because you know the guy dave at big five said this was the best gear and Dave's a liar. Is that his name? Was that his no. actual name? Oh, that'd be really funny uh, if you remembered that. I don't know That's his like full name. Like, yeah. Don't, no, no, he, he was just a young kid. You know, he was like trying to, he was just trying to like get me into it and it was not good gear. So as soon as I got back from that camping trip, um, I was like, holy smokes. I know there's better gear out there to make this experience more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to invest in quality gear. And as soon as that happened, there's kind of like the shift in like the troop where I became like the go-to guy for gear recommendations of like, well, now you don't want this tent because that's going to stink or uh, maybe try this flashlight because it'll last longer. And soon enough, uh, some some friends in martial arts, because I kind of got into martial arts, were like, 
hey, what knife do you think I should do? Or, or, hey, my girlfriend is interested in this. Is this a good option? And I sent a video to one of my friends and it was like comparing a couple of knives. And he's like, bro, you should post this. This is good. <laughs> and I go, yeah, let's do it. And let me tell you what, that was like the worst video ever. I was so awkward, like on camera. This was about, I don't know, two, three years ago. Like if I watch it now, Cringe, cringe. Get me a drink, girl. Yes. Like, let's, like <laughs> how many times do I say the word um or like, you know, am I stuttering? You know, it was bad. So it's been a it's been a process of just really wanting to help other people find gear, get into everyday carry, which is kind of like that big theme. Uh understanding that, you know, knives are tools, first mm -hmm. and foremost. They're tools. You know, everyone uses one every single day, whether they realize it or not, from buttering up peanut butter and jelly to, you know, slicing steaks. Like people use knives. So um, yeah, the martial arts aspect of that really gave me a fond respect for it. And that's where the Tactical Tavern came about is just helping other people get connected with uh, good gear. Yeah. No. Okay. So I want to back up. I love what you just said about the very first video uh, because a lot of people don't see where you got to or where you started from. And something I even posted on my personal Facebook a couple days ago was your, my first podcast sucked. My first shooting match sucked. My first whatever sucked. It's like, and I cringe. Don't listen to the first five episodes of this this podcast. Just like, just just throw those out. No, they were great, but it's like I can't listen to myself at all on those episodes now. But Absolutely. you have to start. That's that's the key right there. It's just one foot in front of the other. You're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna learn from them. And at the end of the day, I feel like you're gonna be much more satisfied building something on your own than just having it handed to you. Or like, do you get what I'm saying? You know, no. people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, did this, but it's like, no, nah, I know three other people that already made that for you instead of building it yourself. And, and similar with guns probably too, you know, yeah. you know what better works better. Absolutely. Yeah. I could take my shirt off and then get it handed to me or I could work harder, keep it on and <laughs> prove that I, I know my stuff. Yeah. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and you, you know, you build your, uh, build your repertoire yeah. too. Of, of friends and, and community and that's really what it's about like i was talking to someone the other day and they said like it's not about how much money you make it's not about your net worth it's about your network you know yeah. the community of people that you have and that i was like shoot man i yep. like that 100 so, yeah. yep so uh you know boy scout and scouting is something that i wish like more people got into same with like my shooting world is like being a junior shooter having parents kind of get you involved you know scouting i think for for me at least is where i learned a lot of stuff i never even thought i i thought about right like it's like oh it came from scouting where it was cooking or something like prepping or cleaning gear or knowing the right gear and testing it out um so talk about like how the scouting really kind of prepares you for survival prepping like kind of all of those skills that people don't have any anymore really it's kind of it's kind of like a lost art in all honesty just i mean scouting not only for me prepared me for like the out outdoors but also like urban life like like day-to-day -day things because like yeah some nights you know we're camping and we're roughing it we're setting up hammocks and tying knots but then the following you're sitting in front of a board of like five to eight like grown men that have beards and you like have to like talk right and they're like burning into your soul like tell me about that merit badge son and i'm like oh. but then you know nowadays it's like okay cool now i can go into a board or go into a meeting and it's like pitch this idea or talk about things and it gave me that self-confidence and self-reliance in the outdoors and in the indoors too 
Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think the soft skills of communicating with people is a lot of that too, for sure. I mean, technology is good, but it's also kind of bad because it's like, I've seen some of these hate comments that I've gotten and they're not spelled right. So it. <laughs> I can't believe you even mentioned that. That actually, it's like a disvalue, or what is it? Validates. So it non-validates everything that they just said. Oh my gosh. Like if you're going to come at me, spell right. Okay. <laughs> Jake four four three two. Like, what are you doing, dude? No, I'm joking. That's a fake username. Don't look I him keep up. Keep asking. It's like, is that real? It'll look <laughs> up later. No, it's not that. It's not. no. But I mean, it's like, yeah. But you know, just I don't know. Be a good person. Yeah, yeah. So, were you one of those people that kind of adopted YouTube early on, or when did you start your YouTube channel? No, it was. I started it uh, two years ago, I believe. Right. Which is kind of wild to think about the growth because we just hit twenty thousand subscribers. Oh yeah, two years ago. And it's been, I'm not going to lie, it's been a lot of work. You know, it's like, it's been a lot of sacrifice, a lot of things that I missed out on because I believe in what this could be and what it is becoming. So I started it pretty young. I wasn't really like on there, um, you know, doing TikTok dances, but um, recently gotten into it. I don't know if you've seen that. (laughs) So I'm not in it on TikTok, but I've looked that up before in the profiles and because like, I don't want it on my phone, but I do watch some of these videos of influencers because that's my job is to look up YouTubes and, and TikTok, dude. That's what I'm saying. Your flair and your style, which I want to go into is like being yourself really does come off on camera very well of who you are. Thank you, Thank yeah. you so much. It's, it's been a journey. I'll tell you that right now, <laughs> you know, like, like trying to find out the voice of, of who you are, how other people want to see you because you know, a couple of the videos that I have have, you know, millions of views and it's like wild. You never know what's going to pop off. Thank goodness it's me stabbing into a ballistic dummy. So that's great. You know, like, <laughs> like, wow, this guy, uh, I don't know, kind of interesting. You know, it's, it's science. You know, it's like they used it on Mythbusters. I've told people, but yeah, kind of weird just going into it. But yeah, I mean, you just got to be yourself and just be true to yourself. Yeah. So I, I own a marketing agency and I always talk to people about brand, whether it's like brand voice or having a spokesperson, or if you're going to have like an animated character or what have you. And so truly what influencers have done without realizing it is they have built their own brand around their name or their username or what have you. Um, but that comes with a style. So like you've got your shirt on now, which is very you. Um, I've seen the pictures. It's just, they're fun. And, and so like you really created a brand. With, I don't know if you realize that. Maybe you do, but you did. I think I've realized it recently. And I think you saying it really just helps cement the fact that you're right. Like there's the name, yeah. but then there's the brand. And it's like, what does this represent? You know, you could take a, a $20 knife or you could take a $200 knife and it's how you present it and make it approachable to the audience that really separates it from other content creators. But yeah, I don't know. The word influencer just. Cringe. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen them in action action because i've worked a lot of shows i've been to like shot show i've been to like blade show mm-hmm. and they just i don't know I, I my goal is to put a different spin on that word yeah. and be more so a brand ambassador and align myself with brands i believe in yeah yeah that's why we went with the steel sommelier yeah steel sommelier baby sommelier, i still can't say it i am a redneck from alabama i can't <laughs> yeah say it. that's where it is so, i love it say it again Samar, you're. I give up. 
<laughs> steel sommelier. Sommelier. See, I can't. I, I don't know. I, I'm probably saying it wrong. I got to call it Bastion. I don't, I don't know if you've heard of Bastinelli Knives. Yes. He's, oh, yeah. he's a French guy. Was a yes. No, I met all of them at um, my very first Blade show. And I actually bought one of their like small, thin knives that's just awesome for like the the side of the belt. I mean, it's it's really cool. So yeah, I had to, I had to get a Bastinelli. They're, they're really nice. Bastinelli's got a got a great, great thing going. He is he's yeah. one of my favorite designers. Yeah, and I know like Catherine Trust has been doing a lot of their content too. So like getting to hang out with them at Blade Show and meet them in person, they've just been killing it with content. So yeah. Absolutely. It's fun. Um, okay, backing up in terms of where you started and where you are now too. I like this is kind of like that, I would say inspirational moment, right? But how much work did you put in to create reels and edit and create those YouTube videos and stuff? Like, what does that look like behind the scenes that people really don't see? And is this you by yourself, by the way, like with a tripod, with a phone? Like, what are you doing to create this? Most of the time it is. However, it's a family business. And a lot of people don't realize that, that I've enlisted the help of my friends and my family. Um <laughs> to help me edit to help me you know come up with ideas because when you're in it you know you're only seeing this much you're yeah. seeing the tree but you're not seeing the forest and so it's like I remember recently I had one of the one of these ideas to like test out you know some self-defense product and I was like you know what if we hang it from the tree or something like this? and uh one of my family members is like that's just trashy and I'm like oh no <laughs> They just like call it like it is. So, yeah, I mean, I, I try to surround myself with people that, that you know, will call me out on that and be like, hey, why don't we try this idea uh, and, and build it better? But to answer your question, yeah, it's hours of like not doing knife stuff. So when people like get you a product or you're working with someone like there's there's testing, there's filming it, there's editing it, sometimes, you know, scripting or just taking notes down on what it does. Then there's captioning, posting. Oh my goodness. It's a lot. And I think people just see like that final product. It's kind of like a chef. Like when they're cooking, you just get brought that meal, but you don't understand that they've been there since 4 a.m. dicing those chives, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how long does it take you to go through like the footage and, and do the final product? Um, and again, is that is that you editing or do you have you have an editor? I have an editor now. Thanks. Nice. Praise God. Um, <laughs> that's it's that's where I'm in the boat is I found someone. Uh, I don't know that she'll get there yet. I might need another one, but like to keep up with what I want to do, mm -mm, you need an editor and it's a painful process to find. It is. And I still do, you know, majority of it, but yeah. sometimes it's like those long nights where you're like, mm, we're going to send this to someone. Um, but I think it's beautiful because you get to see different perspectives on things. And it's kind of like a, a gamble of like what works, what doesn't. And then again, kind of like what you said, just finding out who you are and finding out who your who your niche is, mm -hmm. um, and then coming up with creative ways to reach outside of that. And that for me has been—I don't know if you've seen some of the videos of like the Michael Myers, the horror movie stuff—has um, <laughs> been kind of a fun way to like branch out and 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 connect with different people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the the fun part is and the editor stuff. Like, kind of what you mentioned is like you send off this footage sometimes. And you have a vision for what it, you would want or what the clips would lay out like, right? And then you see their finished product and it might be something completely, totally different of whole, how they told the story that you filmed. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, that's kind of cool because you can see what they thought or um, how it could translate to different audiences. Yep. So there's always that flexibility and it's kind of like Bob Ross, you know, it's like you can just paint over it, just, you know. <laughs> you seem like that that personality type, actually. Are you type B? Type B? Yeah. Like, 
badass or what? Like <laughs> you did take that <laughs> run with joking. it. I'm joking. That was good. That was good. <laughs> um, I don't know. I have to do one of those. What is it? The uh dang, it's like right on the tip of my tongue, the INFJ uh oh test, um personality oh, test. What's that Myers Briggs? Myers Briggs, yeah, yeah. There it is. Um, but I think that is oh god that's really funny is thinking about that <laughs> Bob Ross um question on you on, on going to shows too like when did you first go did you go to shot show first or blade show first so the first this is actually kind of a fun story the first show that I went to was blade show west okay. um they still had it I think it was in LA it was in LA and I had maybe I had just started my YouTube channel. So it was like the first show. I took like all of my savings and I go, you know what? I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna bet on myself. I'm gonna see what happens and I'm gonna go. And that was honestly the best thing I could have ever done. Yep. Um, I connected with uh, mainly like the the highlight of that trip was connecting with We and Savivi. Yes. And then one of the guys there, Jim O'Young, who's also a knife designer, he was like, you got he, high energy. You know, he's a competitive shooter as well. Absolutely. So that's how I know him. And yeah, he's good too. Yeah. He's very fast. Very good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, you're like older. Respectfully. You're older. Hey, that's why he uses that red dot and that open gun. Yeah. 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 But he's got that knowledge. You know what I'm saying? If they're, in, if they're still in the game, he's one man. of the OGs like from, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but okay. So, so we and Sabine, is- yeah. This is so fun. Yeah. So he was, Jim Young was the guy that introduced me to, to Seth and Kyle, um, took me over to the, to the wicked edge booth. And while I was there at the show, I'd like entered into the raffle. I was talking to someone else and, and people are like trying to find me and I had won the raffle, but I had to be there to claim it. So I didn't win it. So I'm like, <laughs> so I don't know. That was cool. But anyway, uh, but I'm still connected with them and now I get to work with them on like a more professional level instead of just winning product. So uh, that was fun, but yeah, it, it turned into like an invitation to come to shot show. And if you can imagine someone that's kind of just new to the industry, right. going to shot show for the first time. Overwhelming. What year was this? What year was this? Uh, two years ago, I think, or no, right. The first out of the pandemic too. So was it yeah, 2020? So 2021? Well, 2020 was 21? canceled. 21. Oh, yeah. They got canceled. 2021 was that, was that, that is show. That right? Is that right? Or is it 22? I think Maybe it was 22. 22. Okay. I don't know anymore. People are going to be like yelling at the podcast. Like, Kenzie, why do you not know? But yes, I was there. That was my was favorite a- year because there was better connections with every single person in the industry because it was like 50% of like the media and the influencer people we don't love weren't there. But it was the best show that I've I've ever been to. Absolutely. And it was so fun. And it was like everyone was telling me like it's really overwhelming. And it was to some extent. But it just is. what you talked about. There was not that many people there, like relatively to what it usually is. And so people like other brands were coming up and talking and, and it was just a blast being able to connect with like other like-minded people yep. and, and just share, share a cool experience. And SHOT Show was pretty fun, but yeah, talk about like drinking from the fire hose for your first show. Yeah. Yep. You go by yourself. Uh, no, I went with uh, Savivi, we and Savivi. Okay, but you flew yourself. You're like, I mean, you, you stay by yourself. Yeah, I, I'm trying I to figure out a... how you navigate everything by yourself. That's what. I was oh yeah, about. I did not have a chaperone. I was on my own. I was just out there. 
Teresa, I ask. This is my favorite. It's my favorite thing to do to take a new shot shower around. And so this past year is like I adopted one of my buddies. That's competitive shooter, Tom Castro. And I was like, I'll adopt you. I'm basically like take him to each booth, introduce him to people. And we aren't shy at all. And he's like, do you know these people? And I'm like, no, but this is what I do. I go up and I talk to people. Yeah, I know him now. Yeah, the, uh, dang, dang, baby. The POF guys had their lever action, but they had like Cerakoted it. I couldn't even tell you what it looks like, but it had every color of the rainbow. And I don't remember if it was roses or butterflies or whatever. And it's funny because that guy remembered me and saw me in a rain, did a double take. And he's like, hey. And I was like, oh, you remember? And he's like, how could I forget that moment of meeting you guys? I'm like, yeah, I know. That's incredible. <laughs> Didn't you like just paint one of your one of your guns? I did. I was going to say, where is it right now? I just took, I a, took photos with it today. Yeah, it looked yeah. really good. Thank you. That was one of those things where it was like, I always wanted to paint a rifle and I did that on uh, the TV show I was on last year with Gun Talk Media, but then I never did it myself at home. That video blew up over how ridiculous it looked. Oh, cool. I love it. Thank you. What did you, the first, you're talking about the first one? This, this second one, like when I, I just literally took paintbrushes and like splatter painted it and yeah, clear coated it. And I even put it on Reddit and there's not a single like negative comment about it. They're like, this is amazing. Actually, like all these gun dudes were like, this looks like a clown came all over. <laughs> so said, Turn on a black light. And I'm like, oh my God. Well, damn. It worked. <laughs> That's so it cool. worked, you know? Oh man. I love that. No, it looked really fun. And I mean, that's the thing. It's all about having fun. Yeah, it really is like you work hard, but you can also play hard. And I think uh, if you're having fun and you're just being you, people are going to resonate with that and they're going to want to be a part of the journey. So, yeah, I'm glad you're doing that. Thanks. Well, I'm proud of you. I I, like I admire the the knife wielding skills. And I was interested in the shows because what you said to you about how like you saved up, you put all your money into investing in yourself and showing up is like people see me now, even even now. Right. They're like, oh, you get to do all this. Like, lucky you. It's like, they don't know. I still pay for flights. I still pay for matches. I still drive and pay gas and hotel to do stuff that I want to do. It's It comes back in sponsorship or product or just someone sharing a post because they met me, right? So it's not always like a monetary thing. It's like an investment into what you want to put get out of it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's You never know who you're going to meet. And I, I live by that every day. Like you never know who this person is or who they might know. Yep. So I, I just treat everyone like it's, you know, like they're, I've known them for a long time. Yeah. So, okay. Let's dive in to this nice wielding skills, uh, steel sommelier, or I don't know how to say it anymore. I give steel, up. Steel valet. That's, you, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. What, like, what made you even want to start spinning this <laughs> he's got a blade in his hand for people listening like what made you start doing that oh my goodness it it started out in martial arts is is really where it where it came from um i think doing like competitions and like competitive martial arts and competing in, in different arenas you're doing a lot of like the bow staff or you're doing the nunchucks or the samurai sword and a lot of that is is a blend between you know understanding what the weapon or tool is capable of but also that there's an artistic flair and how you can demonstrate that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, like, like looking back at it, it definitely came from the tournaments and the fighting and competing um, at different levels. So that's, that's kind of where it started. And then it just turned into like fidgeting with it, like just playing around with it, which is so weird to say, cause it's right. like, it's a blade, who, it's a weapon. Who does this? Okay. Like, 
Tomas anywhere you go out to eat and he's got, hey guys, got any steak thighs with circles in them? Oh, that's it. I'm doing like butter. Like people are like looking over and I just can't help it, you know? And I just, I love it. It's just very satisfying. It's also, there's also a little bit of like an adrenaline dump, I think. Yeah. Like just a little, a little hit of that dopamine when you like <laughs> so hard if people are listening to this podcast go to youtube and watch it it's better <laughs> like i don't know when you when you land a, a flip or you land a trick mm-hmm. it's it, i think of it kind of like skateboarding maybe if some people are out there are like surfing some like outdoor biking you do a bike jump for mountain bikers like there's a point in where you look at that ramp and you're like that's big you know like i don't know but you're like you know what i'm just gonna go for it and then you do it and either you do it and it works or you don't and you don't do it for a little while um because <laughs> it hurts <laughs> um i don't know i feel like i, I don't know I, like oh, i have a good investment in band-aids but me too it, it's it's just fun for me at least and and if other people are entertained by it that that to me means a lot and that's kind of where it came from to where I like continually do it now is is just entertainment is just providing like a little bit of value to where it's like fun it's cool it's different um it demonstrates the product I mean a lot of the companies like love it because they're like yep you actually use our product huh you don't just take photos with it with it posed what yeah exactly and and now it's like there's two things on that one it's utilizing the product and finding the balance point of it and like what are the strengths what are the weaknesses but then it kind of translates to like the personal protection aspect of it because i I, a lot of people like don't understand it they're like why are you flipping your blade like that and i tell them i'm like here's the thing if you pick it up weird in the street or your hands are covered in blood and it's sliding i know i can reposition it and get into a different grip and change the angle on it quickly so now I can, you know, recalibrate and re-go. You're not going to get the say in, in when and where you may be attacked, but you can, you know, the only thing you can control is your reaction time and how you deploy your tools. Mm-hmm. So why not be good at that? You know, I'll, I'll do it with my phone too. I'll just be like sitting there touring my phone. And there's been a couple of moments where like I've gotten up from the table, and like dropped it and I've like caught it and like, you know, in some like weird way. And I'm like, oh yeah, dude, that's what's up. And then just like flipping it and catching it. I'm like, gang, gang, boy, that's why you flip your stuff. Do you do any hand exercises like with a trainer of like the squeezy thingies? Um, I mean, usually in traffic, just like squeeze balls. Um, I'm joking. I don't know. Uh, oh. <laughs> like, no. Well, I was about to. I was about to mention where you live, which we won't talk about. But there is yeah, traffic, yeah. and it is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it is. Um, I guess trainers are probably like the best thing that yeah. you could invest in because, or you can make them. Uh, one of my new favorite fixed blades is from TKL Knives. It's the uh, the Ops Hawk Tonto. Mm. Absolutely gorgeous. AD CRV 2G10 handle scales. But um, it. <laughs> I love it. He, he made a trainer for me. So now I can practice everything, transitions and stuff, and practice with like other partners and people yeah. without having to buy a new training partner. So you just get a training. <laughs> <laughs> God, the way you said that without missing a beat. I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> I um, partner. I'm just playing. I'm just no, playing. this is amazing. Um, but yeah, it's a good investment. So anyone that's interested in like starting in that, like I, I've gotten some comments of people like, 
hey, cool Karambit video, but now I'm sitting in the hospital because um, I couldn't do it right. And I'm like, hey, have you heard about a trainer, right? Like, dull it or put tape on it and don't try it, you know, uncovered. But no, I and like a lot of the I've seen a lot of the knife manufacturers, makers, I don't know what you call them really. So I probably butchered that, but they sell kits now where it's like you buy one and you get the trainer that matches that. So you can actually go and train with it. Insane. Like for me, a trainer is like just as valuable as the main tool. So like I took like my old time favorite folding knife, the Espada, and I ground it down. So now I have a trainer that folds, but now I can practice getting it out quickly. How did you just do that with hitting your wrists? AI. Uh, it... <laughs> it's not AI. Stop. Is this just a wizard trick where it makes it look so, cool, but it does nothing? No, no, no. I, I literally think this is one of the best ways to open knives. And okay. I mean, Lynn, Lynn Thompson, the guy that yep. you know, designs, he like does that two-handed grip. But sometimes I'm like, well, what if you're covering? What if you can't get it? And you pull it out and the wave feature like fails. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically a wave. And you let the weight of the blade deploy it. Cool. But if you're in like a tight space like maybe you're in an elevator or something and you can't or you're in a clench and you can't maximize that whole range of motion you can just tap it and it'll pop open ah. and it just comes out like super quick and you can do the reverse grip too so it's basically just the centrifugal force and the weight of the blade that opens it but people see it and either they're like really like what the heck was that or they're like why are you slapping your wrist you know and i'm like why do you go into a southern man drawl whenever you is Oh, this family. I don't know. My family makes fun of me. I got, I got, I got a lot of cool people in my life. No, whenever you imitate like some, some commenter, it's always a Southern white gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I guess, I guess I could also uh, dig into the Hispanic side as well. You know, (laughs) why you do that? That's it. You know, like, (laughs) that's what I was looking for. There we go. I, I get everybody, you know, it's, uh-huh. we're you out there. Do but. more slow-mo videos or do like the regular like motion and then do more slow-mo of what you just did and break it down for people like me, like explaining what that was. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of people have been requesting that. Yep. That's, that's definitely in the works. Um, I also want to do it justice too, you know, and that's definitely going to be coming soon of some tutorials because people have been. Yep. Have been oh yeah. Um. Oh God, what was I going to ask about the tutorials? I've never paused this long for on a podcast, but there's something I was going to ask you about that. It's okay. Let's embrace it. I know. It's pretty bad. Uh, okay. How many times though? I'll, it'll come back to me. How many times have you cut yourself? That's a great question. Um, I hate to say this because it's, it's going to sound like, like what? When I'm dealing with like a live blade, I have this like hyper focus and I'm pretty sure you can relate to that or any competitive shooters that are like right before a match, they just, everything like zones out and it's just right on the, the the tip of focus is just dialed in. So when I'm doing something like a live blade, I'm usually like just on. Normally when I cut myself, it's like in the shop when I'm sharpening or wrapping up an order on a piece of paper or like a loose screw. And it's the most embarrassing thing. I'm not even joking. Like, like, cause I don't see it like literally the other day I was like scooting along a chair like and I like look and I'm like oh man like I poked myself let me get my my medic out you know and I'm like dang I gotta like bandage it up but and then people always ask like was that a knife that did that I'm like no I'm sad to say it was you know a desk or you know helping a friend move and it's like on a moving truck so it's it's very 
very rare occurrence, knock on wood. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't like cutting but, myself. I don't recommend it. But you've never gotten stitches or how to get stitches or anything extreme from your own knife-wielding skills here? Never. Oh, I've had to give myself stitches one time. Are, are, are you trained in the medical field? I don't know about it. Maybe. A little bit, but like literally I was pulling out the Espada when I was practicing quick drawing it and I pulled it out and I'm like, oh, cool. That was fast. I wonder if I can do it faster. And this is when I was like a couple years ago when I was like getting into it, I pull it out and I stabbed back into my leg and I had about like a three inch, uh, deep hole to where it was just like, you could put like a, a phone. It was like a pocket. You know what I'm saying? Start like, it, start it, start it. and, and I go, oh no, this is not good. This is not good. So I literally just got out a suture kit that I had and bit down on a little bamboo stick and you just got to do what you got to do. You're insane. Was it, was it the best thing? No, No. No. but I don't have health insurance. So I didn't want to go. I'm joking. I I do. I do. I do. I do. I'm playing. I'm playing. (laughs) I mean, I have really crappy because I work for myself. So I have to pay self insurance, but that's a real thing where my finger cost me a thousand dollars to get three stitches. Hey, that's the thing. Like it is ex- healthcare is expensive. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, get get your own kit, do it yourself, save some no, money. No, no, that's I'm not joking, I'm joking. I'm yeah, not <laughs> You're gonna be like, wow, this saved me yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> like resetting their arm, they come to a show, you know. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple grand. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna know. get DMs now, but I listen, go yeah. to T- Tomas and ask him questions. I don't know. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I've gotten smarter from that, like obviously go see a medical professional but um just don't just don't do it in the first place just be careful i mean i think there's a balance of between like you know treating it as a tool for what it is and then there's like this performance side so i always encourage folks don't try what you see at home yeah you know leave yeah. it to, to people like me who are half educated to do it you know <laughs> just don't be don't do anything too crazy but it's fun i love i love playing around with them and part of i don't know it's cool no, it's awesome. I remember the question I was going to ask too. What oh, are nice. our thoughts on butterfly knives? Oh, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. I, I love it. So I train a lot in Filipino martial arts. And for me, the the balasong is like the, the, the ultimate like Filipino weapon in a sense, besides the screamer stick and all that. But it, it's it's rooted in culture and it's rooted in in some some symbolic uh, beauty in, in my humble opinion. I love it. Now you fast forward to today and the blade show competitions and the balasong stuff. It's cool. I love it. I just think sometimes it can get a little interesting. You know, you're like talking to this guy and he's just in the corner, like, mm-hmm. you so know, and I'm like, I felt unsafe. Okay. So like, I, again, coming from the gun world, you don't, well, I do see this. So, okay. I'm going to walk this back several things. So you don't go to shot show and see a bunch of people walking around, like taking the demo guns and pointing them at people and aiming them at people. You do right. see that. But you're not supposed to. But that's the other thing is like going to Blade Show, I felt very uncomfortable, not because of like anything I would do, but it's like the people that were playing with the Balasong knives were the kids. And the right. kids are, even if they're fully capable, it's like they don't realize how quickly somebody could trip and fall. They could cough. They could sneeze. Like, and then they're just not sure of the personal space that I'm in. And it's like, holy crap, these are weapons. They're not trainers. These parents are buying them the actual freaking blades and no joke i didn't even walk down two aisles of blade show because i was actually fearful of these weapons that are being deployed on the show yeah yeah you definitely got to be careful i mean i think i think there's like good it's like smoking you know there should be designated areas for that you know 
<laughs> there are at the show too it's like there are there's like the competitions you got the stages like you have different rooms um and that's what was like so disconcerting is like these are weapons they're fun but it, yeah it was something where i felt very uncomfortable for a lot of blade show because of me and my accident proneness like it would be me to get stabbed yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you definitely have to be like aware of it but i think it's also like it's a beautiful thing i always recommend trainers kind of like what we talked about a little earlier do it with a trainer and then especially if you're in like a public setting i personally wouldn't want to risk you know having something go south yeah. um so you definitely have to be careful and i totally respect you for not going down that because why put yourself in a in a sticky situation if you don't have to be yeah. um but it is mesmerizing to watch i mean there are some absolutely amazing and talented people um that do it uh and i have all respect to them because it is uh it's fun to watch yeah. Okay. We're about to jump down to the rabbit hole then of a couple of things. Let's start with your trying out people. What, who are some maybe like whether full names or Instagram usernames or whatever, who are some, I guess, my gosh, steel sommeliers. I still say that wrong. Sommelier. I've, Jesus Christ. Blade enthusiasts. Blade yeah, enthusiasts yeah. that people should go follow or know about if they are trying to dive down this hole. Ooh, that is an amazing question. Uh, first that comes to mind is my dad, Fieldworks. That goes by FLD Fieldworks, W-R-X. Yeah, it's so weird because he takes out all the, the vowels. I did Common Core, so I'm a little behind. Um, but it... <laughs> my favorite person. <laughs> um, I'm playing. But yeah, it's F-L-D-W-R-X, Fieldworks. Uh, Ryan is an incredible human. Uh, he does a lot of like security classes. He does professional security all over the world. Um, he does some really cool knife stuff, silver. Uh, check out Ryan Fieldworks. Um, who else is a good one? Who do you follow? Who do you follow? Who do you, whose content do you like and watch? That's a great. That's a great one. Blade HQ. If you're new to gadgets, gear, everyday carry, Blade HQ is a great way to get inundated with. Yep. All sorts of stuff. They have it all. Um, and I, I enjoy working with them a lot. We we did a, a couple of videos uh, last year, which were just so fun. Yep. One of them was on the Balasong, which was super cool. Um, Blade HQ is good. Uh, Knife Center, if you're just new and you're like, where do I start? Check out check out Blade HQ Knife Center. Smoky Mountain Knife Works. You know it's in what? my backyard, right? Smoky Mountain. Is it really? Yeah, it's literally 30 minutes from my house. So, um, yeah, I got to meet TJ at the show, at Blade Show, finally. And I'm like, dude. Or TC. Oh, my God. He's going to kill yeah. me for that. TC, I got to meet him. And it was nice because I'd always seen TC on the videos. And I follow them. I've been in there and bought knives from there, right? And so I knew his personality. That's the other stuff that I love is, like, I have watched your videos. I don't even know your name. I really want to meet him. And Blade Show was where we connected. And now, like, we're friends. He's literally, like, 20 minutes from my house. Like, it's just so cool to connect with industry people. And I I just I adore him and love that he does the, the content that he does, too. Man, that is so cool. So cool. I had to go down that, but like, so cool. Field trip. Yes. No, when you visit, when you visit, not an if, when. Yeah. We're going to go to the back room, the secret places. Yeah. Did you know that I think if I'm remembering correctly, because I was talking to him after, I think it was at SHOT Show. I think he was like a musician, right? Wasn't he like a... So he was a yeah. musician in Nashville, like, and he's so artistically talented. He's, he's right. toured with some of the best musicians out there. And even now, like he's playing a show or he did last night when I recorded this episode last night, but no, he still plays, still writes. And yeah, he's very talented. I love it. And I found a lot of people that are creative and are passionate about like one hobby usually tend to be very creative and passionate in other outlets as well. So that's cool to see. Yeah. I love that. Um, he also used to do Dollywood, Do you know, Dolly Parton, like Dollywood here in 
the tourist place. So he did a lot of like the shows. So like he, again, he is fully in like this production. Yeah. yeah. It's really it cool. Oh, that's so fun. I love that. Sorry. So yeah, Smoky Mountain Life Works, 100%. Follow them. I had to mention that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Cold Steel. I love Cold Steel's content. They do some really fun videos and, yep. and promo. I don't think anyone does it better than Cold Steel because they were like the pioneers of like demonstrating what the knives are for. Yeah. Uh, and you can't, I mean, a lot of companies are like afraid to say that, I think sometimes. But I think that, that I, comes from Keith too, is like finding the brand spokesperson or the person that knows it. And like Keith's really put Cold Steel on the map too. Of course. And I mean, they're just so fun to watch. Blowing stuff up, stabbing the ballistic <laughs> stabbing dummy. Cars. Yeah, stabbing the ballistic dummy. I'm like, come on. Come on about it. Yeah, I love that stuff. <laughs> the things we do for content. I think about that. I'm like, have you ever stabbed your own car? No. <laughs> yeah, his, his car is lightweight. It's just Swiss cheese. <laughs> aerodynamic. It just cuts the. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it. <laughs> No, that's awesome. Well, and those are some good recommendations. Um, with that too, okay, this will be a massive rabbit hole. Can you name some of the like favorite knives or blades that you have? Um, and then try to do like a auto, a fixed, a folder. Like, can <laughs> can you break okay. it down like that? Okay. Absolutely. Um, so, like recommendations for a brand, or just like what are some of my favorites? I think just some of your favorites, not necessarily for a brand. I think just talking about purpose like so breaking down like why would you have a fix versus a folder why would you have xyz knife and and some of the favorites that that you enjoy absolutely um so a folding knife is great because it's compact easy to carry it's discreet but a lot of the times people worry about the lock the lock failing the lock breaking there's always that potential factor uh and then there's like a billion different lock types that i could bore you with but um not boring i think it's fascinating yeah. I mean, you got liner locks, button locks, shark locks, super locks, triad locks, popping locks. Um, but you get <laughs> you got you got fixed blades, which eliminate that problem of it of it folding on your fingers. Which to me and us, you know, at, as outdoor enthusiasts, you need these digits. Mm -hmm. So I love I love fixed blades, and there's a you know, you can go into like camp knives that are like giant for chopping and, and doing just about anything. Or you can go into like, like you talked about Bastinelli, you got those ultra discreet, compact, utilitary knives that are, are easy to, uh, to deploy. I think sometimes fixed blades are usually faster. It just depends. I, I mean, it, there's literally the new Bastinelli Grumpy that has like this new like scythe. It's like a, it's like a farming scythe. It's wicked and gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's autos, right? So if you if you want it to fold out, you press that button and you hang on for dear life, bam, and then it's coming out. Mm -hmm. So those are fun. If you want to pretend to be John Wick, they got the out the fronts from Microtech. You know, you can play with those things. The any outies, as my family likes to call them. Yes. Pretty. Those are pretty cool. Um, trying to think. I don't know. And then you can get the swords and stuff, and that's just Dude, a whole. I can't believe you sliced that watermelon off your table. <laughs> I'm like. Was that wild? Cool. Was that wild? That was so fun. Um, <laughs> that thing's sharp. Let me tell you right now. Okay, it is sharp. Uh, it's like holding a 26, 36 inch razor blade. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. That yeah, of course, you know, there's like battle edges and stuff. But I touched it up with some work sharp, little work sharp magic on there. And yeah, that thing. I didn't have to pull back at all. It was just a 
like a Bruce Lee one inch punch. Boom. And it just. So that was pretty fun. I'm doing more of those videos. So stay tuned. I love it. I love it. That's so fun. Okay. That's, well, that was a good over, overhaul. Um, you've already mentioned, yeah, We Nice, Vivi, Bastinelli. Uh, what are some of the other blades that you've kind of talked about? And I don't know enough about the rabbit hole to go down to like a karambit is a style blade and many manufacturers make them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to dive down like the t- these styles of blades. Yes, yeah, styles of blades. I mean, there's like the the Tonto, for example. Like I have this one here. This is the Master Tonto. This is more a little bit more of an Americanized Tonto. It has that secondary point. It has the Yakote on there, which is great for snap cuts or quick movements to open up your packages. Um, but it also comes down to a very thin edge. So that's a different style of Tonto than say like a, a CRKT or James Williams designed um, Osuraku style blade where it's kind of more continuous up. Um, and it just depends on, on what your preference is, what your mission may entail of what you need. Same with Karambits. There are so many Karambits. For me personally, I love something a little bit smaller, a little bit more compact, a little bit more traditional but if you want to get crazy you can talk about like the tops tack tops karambit uh which is like a i don't know nine inch karambit blade which is pretty wicked um it's always I'm bigger kidding. is better yeah there there it is i have the uh, the civivi incisor too which is super fun it's a button lock so it's ultra smooth um and a lot of people miss it on karambits they make it like really chunky and blocky this this angle here where your finger lines into is super important. So they did a good job on that. Um, and really, like, depending on what blade you want, it's all about what your preference is. Because everyone's going to have different hands, different martial arts fighting styles, um, and different things that they're looking for. They might need a, a backup uh, weapon retention tool for their concealed carry. Or maybe they can't conceal carry, so they need to have uh, one knife that's just going to be the perfect tool that's effective in all sorts of arenas. So. Yeah, that's a lot of cool stuff there. How many knives are in front of you right now? Two hundred. Um, <laughs> I uh, I've already I seen love... like six. There's no way there's two. You should see. Like, if I'm ever gonna watch a movie, I look like a weird doctor that like rolls out a shop mat and just has like all these things that I'm like playing with. <laughs> I'm like I'm like watching John Wick or something, and I'm like playing with like the out the fronts and stuff. But yeah, I how just, do we uh, get you on the next John Wick movie? In all seriousness, that's a great question. I would love to be one of those like either weird bad guys, you yeah. know, that just you know does the knife stuff, or even on John Wick's team, you know, being like doing part of like the mission or something where he has to like maybe one of the duels is he can't use a gun, right, and it can only be <laughs> knife. Maybe yep. he has to like we'll train with like some you know ni- some knife foo. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know. That would be wild. I'd love to do it. Uh, shout out Terran Tactical for that goodness, bringing it to life in the movie. Oh yeah, we um, gotta we gotta make this happen. I'm gonna send an email. <laughs> Jr. <laughs> this is episode. Put Tomas on the next one. <laughs> yeah, man. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to do that. That I think that's actually really cool to to consider, and it's actually something that someone else talked to me about too. Is like going into film, going into movies. I'm not opposed to doing it. I just want the right state. And that's it. Absolutely. And it's, it's a cool thing to be able to like bring 
the art of the blade to a wider range of people. And I think one of the best shows that did that was Forged in Fire. Yeah. Um, the competition I think it shows just it's so entertaining. You have Doug Markaida on there testing the blades. Um, Dave Baker, who's who's renowned for creating like the Pirates of the Caribbean sword, like he would make these props for these movies, yep. and it's like it's so cool. And like I, I don't I don't I hope you don't mind if we go down this rabbit hole. No, do it. I think that some of like our most profound movie experiences also relate to cutlery you think of like rambo boom first thing rambo knife you think of like crocodile dundee that's not a knife this is a knife you know it's like you got all these like synonymous blades in movies and i think it's like a cool part of the culture because it's so it's so accessible everyone has a knife and everyone has been arguably cut by one whether they're cooking on accident or working you know pulling up carpet they all understand the the level of intensity that comes along with a knife because no matter what angle it is, it's going to be sharp. It's going to be pointed. They respect like, it, yeah, right, and, and and respect it. So I think that'd be really cool to to bring that to to more audience members and and entertain more people on a bigger scale. That would be super fun. Have you met Dave? No, I, I just met him at at Blade Show and got a photo with him. And Did you really? Yeah. How was he? Was he nice? He was so cool. He was so sweet. Like, nicest thing. It was funny because he was just standing there, like, by himself, which I kind of found odd at the time because it is a small show and a big show at the same time. And I just kind of turned around like, hi. Um, you know, it's like, hi. I don't even know how to start. But I was with, uh, yeah, dude, his mustache was on point. He was, like, sharing why he was at the show, buying some of the materials to, like, make blades with and the grips with and stuff. And so nice. So, yeah, I got a selfie with him, put it on Facebook. People were like, shut up. I'm like, dude. This Blade show has been awesome because Uh it was interesting too. I'm sure I want to dive into this still is like you competing in your first match. It's kind of like me going to my first Blade show. It's like fished out of water, but it's going to be a ride. It's going to be fun. And it's like, I think with this community, we kind of understand that there's not a whole lot of people. Like once you know a couple of people, you you start to know more people and then you've you're there mm-hmm. it's also very helpful like there's a lot of people that have helped like take me under their wing and, and show me things and I'm, I'm sure it's like that with the firearms community too which it's true I'm, I'm i'm breaking into it and i'm absolutely loving it i am I oh am. you okay why did you sign up for your first match was there someone that was kind of like influential in that did you just say like i'm gonna do it like what yes. why what happens jimmo young oh okay okay it was jimmo young he he told me he was like Cause he invited me shooting one time and it was like a while ago. And, and I was like, yo, this is fun. <laughs> like, this is literally a blast. Like, let's do it. And he goes, well, you know, people compete. Right. And I'm like, I've heard about it. You know, I've seen like some of the videos, like, I think one of the more, um, like one of the guys I follow is like JJ. Mercosa. Mercosa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, yo, this man is amazing. JJ's a sweetheart. Yeah. I shoot with him a lot. And and there's like so many cool people and like cool things out there. I was like, this is a this is a nice little uh, nice little community. So yeah, so I signed up for my first match and it went really really well. So, That's surprising because most people get there, get a slice of humble pie, realize their gear is gonna break. They uh, don't think they're as good of a shooter as possible. So did you train before going? Did you practice before going, or what? What would you do? One time, one time. Like I'm not even trying to be like. Oh, like, oh, I did really good. Like, I didn't think I was going to do good. I want to stress that right now. Like, I was so nervous. But I think it kind of relates to everything that I had been into, like 
drawing a knife. Like I'm, I, I do that repetition like a thousand times. So I felt like I was kind of maybe like halfway above like a, a movie starting because I, I got to draw down. I have that muscle memory. And then it was also like, oh, with martial arts, like right before a match, right before a fight, it just goes to like, you know, this like serene calm. And all I focused on was like the steel plates. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> what was your uh, favorite stage? Like how many uh, of the stages did you shoot? Four or five? Uh, I think it was five. Okay, five. Yeah. Um, like steel shoot. Mm-hmm. And I posted one video about it. That's what I, I was saw. Shooting a Springfield operator 1911 and 45 ACP. Why? Why? <laughs> Is that yours? Like yes. Holy shit. Yeah, I had recently gotten it too. And I was like, <laughs> this will be great. And I pull out the ammo, right? I pull out the ammo. I didn't know what it was. I got it from a friend. And uh, and my friend looks at it. He goes, "Do you know what this is?" And I go, "What?" He goes, "This is like military, like like two forty eight grain or something. I don't even know. Some like high end pack a punch uh, grain." And let me tell you what, I felt it. Okay, I'm not even gonna pretend like that was easy. No, it rocked my hand, and I loved it. Okay, um, but it was so fun. So yeah, uh, I might be looking at like a because I'm a lefty too. A lot of people don't realize that. Shut uh, up. Yeah, are you lefty? No, but like oh. so many people in this world, by the way, are left hand. I'm not surprised, but I, that that's never registered with me in any of your content. So great. And that's the thing is because the oh. camera, I think, mirrors it, so people it see it on the right side, and they go, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. I can do that." And so they mirror it. So it's kind of like a cool thing. So anyone who who watches this podcast gets to gets to know some more insider information. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a lefty. So for me, it's always been kind of challenging, like trying to find a firearm that like I feel comfortable with. And the operator had the left-handed uh, ambidextrous side uh, safety. safety. Yes. Yeah. Safety. And I was like, I need that. So there it is. Yeah. Threw up a little Surefire X300 on there and we're going. And you left. threw from a holster and everything. Like that's the crazy. Oh thing. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the thing is like, uh, finding a holster is also challenging because left-handed. And it's like, I know there's a lot of like custom makers out there and stuff, but I'm always looking. So I will probably send you like a bunch of questions after this. Perfect. Like, Hey, what do you recommend? And if you have any knife questions, you can send them my way too. And uh, <laughs> so many questions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Number but, one, how do I not hurt myself? <laughs> get a trainer. Yeah, uh, yeah I know. <laughs> practice. And then, uh, I don't know. I, I go slow. I think it's just like everything. Like I, that's one of my, my personal things I've been working on is like slowing down, yeah. taking a breath. Cause like when I did blade HQ and I was working, I was like talking so fast. I was so excited, but it takes a second to like hear that information, understand it and then process it. And for me, like sometimes when I'm talking, I just get so fast and I'm just like ready to go. So that's me. Like, yeah, yeah. I was at the Member Knives booth and, and Bobby was like, God, you talk fast. I'm like, and I'm Southern. You would think I would go slow. And it's because I'm so excited. Yeah, I have to slow down my speaking. Exactly. Just And it feels like you're going in like, you know, ultra slow-mo. But then for other people, it is like normal. Yes. I'm like, oof. Yes. Very Speed painful. up, Larry. Let's go. Okay. We got stuff to talk about. Huh? <laughs> but yeah, yep, that's been something I'm working on. And just like with that repetitive motion of like, you know, working on your draw, working on your reload, like all of these things just kind of come into play and, you know, just because muscle memory. So I'm excited to compete again, to be honest, like, like I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm excited for you. That's Thank awesome. You. 
I'm excited too. Like it was so fun. So it is fun. Well, I highly recommend a nine mil for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. Like there's not very many people that are ever going to go out there and shoot 40 or 45 at steel plates, especially because there's no power factor with steel challenge, but like 22s or shooting PCC, but like, no, it would be more fun all day. Maybe I will take that into consideration next time. And, but I'm impressed. And, uh, impressed. and do it. Or just but, but yeah, let me keep your style of your Hawaiian shirts, the 1911, the 45 ACP. Like you're already on your way to being a boomer. Like this is good. <laughs> I just got to get a Dave Baker mustache, baby. You know what I'm saying? Grow that thing out. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I'm definitely in the market and looking for a ambidextrous yeah. 1911 platform left-handed uh, nine millimeter but maybe like the springfield prodigy i think is pretty cool so i actually like that gun people hate that i like that gun they oh, really? some some come from the manufacturer not working mine works but yeah i did the five inch um i put a grit module on it from phoenix trinity and then i did the terran tactical magwell flared magwell so everything on that gun like and then oh and i i changed the trigger so it's like you can get the stock prodigy so i giggle and it and it's great right but like for me i went full bougie with it and um changed some parts out so there's like the slide in the barrel is from springfield there it is but yes uh it's it's for the price of it out of the box it ran great mine upgraded ran great so yeah i think that would be a good buy for you for sure actually that's that's exactly what i would look at i'm totally open to any other suggestions too because well i shoot for for nighthawk custom and so those guns are phenomenal but they're premium yeah hey real quick Uh expensive Like, I'm not going to lie, like, they're, they're an investment, but they are, like, when you talk about blades, it's kind of how I talk about 2011s and, and like, the art of making these, because it's Absolutely. one gunsmith, start to finish, handmade, hand-fitted, hand-beveled, um, just so, so beautiful, and and they do everything custom, where it's like, do you want the ambi safety, what trigger, what grip texture, so everything is is what you want, you know? I love that, and and that's a good thing. I, it's just like with anything. They got those premium levels, and I feel like there's a certain point that there's like a good space where you pay for what you get, yeah. you know? And when it comes to either competition or self-protection, like I personally would want the best of the best for the worst day of my possible life, right? And it's like, I want it reliable. I want it to run right, and I want it to be beautiful at the same time because- What's the point in carrying it if it's ugly, you know? Like, like, yep. <laughs> Even my, my holsters, I look over here, my holsters have floral prints, Hawaiian prints, uh, <laughs> sprinkles. So oh, it's funny this is happening that we're recording this today because I have the pink uh, desert or dessert desert. <laughs> I can't even talk. Kalashnikov Auto. Yeah, the yeah. sprinkles. Nice. Today they finally re-put it in stock because I was out of town last time of the blue grip sprinkles. Mm from late hq and so i literally parked on the side of the road today driving at noon eastern and bought that knife so now i'll have both oh that's exciting congratulations <laughs> it's like the dumbest oh. knives is what i want so everything donuts and sprinkles i'm in <laughs> let me tell you something at first i hated the thing and i'm like why the hell are we doing this huh? what is the point but let me tell you something i think that is one of the best tactical knives you could ever get and let me tell you why. I'm not even. I'm not even bullshit. Literally, here's the reason. They have the the Microtech OTF with the the donor. Yep. The, then I have the Civivi one, so I have the, the Elementum. Yep. I think also recently they came out with the the Civivi Buttlock Elementum Donut Work yes. Desert Wear. If anyone looks at it, you know they're gonna think, oh, 
this is very colorful. This is a sprinkle donut knife. And I think that color psychology is absolutely beneficial for that tool. If you're going to carry it in different sorts of environments or travel with it. And add a woman to it. And it's like, oh, she's harmless. Nope. Yeah, it's for cutting donuts. That's all it's for. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) you locked and loaded. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I love that. It's a beautiful knife. Honestly, it's grown on me. It's, It's cool. Good. Yeah, I love it. I, I carry it almost daily now. It's just so yeah. funny to think about. I'm like, no, it's a good knife. <laughs> it is. It has a cult following too. Like those things sell out in seconds. That's the problem, is that's why I pulled over at noon Eastern, got on there and got it like by 1201. I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> that's insanely cool. Congratulations. I'm glad you got it. That's good. Um, with that though, I think I know we've digressed a little bit, but talking about you work with, remind me, work sharp. And then there's other sharpening. Do you work with other companies as well in that realm? Wicked Edge. Wicked Edge okay. as well, which I, I personally use it every day, which I know sounds kind of wild because everyone's yes. like, what? Um, but I also run a knife sharpening business. So when I work on a knife, especially the higher end ones, you don't want to put it to a grinder because you can ruin the heat temper. Um, you can remove a lot of material. And it just changes the shape of the knife sometimes if you don't know what you're doing. So the Wicked Edge is gorgeous because you lock it in, clamp it down, and you just go. Um, and similar with the new uh, Workshop, Professional Precision Adjust is pretty pretty amazing because it's budget-friendly for you know the average person kind of getting into maintaining their knives at a higher level um, instead of just buying another one, which I can't tell you how many times I've, I've heard that. You know, why do it? I buy another one. And I'm like, what? Well, I'll say what? My, my sharpening kit's up there. It's hidden because I haven't taken it out in a while, but I did get that from um, Smoky Mountain Knife and, and Gunworks. So, yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, oiling, maintaining your guns, you got to oil and maintain your, your, your knife. That's too. something Rob taught me, Philo Blade Works. And uh, yeah, he, the oiling was like, oh, duh. Right. <laughs> but Steel. duh. I straight up do use all of, like, I use gun butter, but different uh, gun oils. I don't actually have a knife oil. I don't know if there is one. Sorry. But, yeah, that's what I use. I mean, I sometimes will just use mineral oil on my everyday carry knife. And the reason being is if I ever cut food with it, I don't want WD-40 to uh, enhance the flavors of my, you know, meal. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Coming out all weird, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be so gross. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Like the worst thing, like, like, oh man, there's some people that like don't maintain their tools, right? And I've, I, hey, do you have a pocket knife? And they pull it out and like, you, you, it's like a plume of like pocket lint. Yep. And, you know, it's got all like that cardboard tape on there. And I'm just like, oh no, you know? Imagine being a firearms instructor. Um, I had one guy that locked his slide back finally after having this gun in like the safe, there was straight up cobwebs, rust everywhere. I mean, orange, like not brown anymore. Like we're at the corrosion part. Um, no, I'm like, there's people that have never oiled it, never cleaned it. They don't even know how to take apart their gun. And I'm like, cool. And this ammunition is like dark brown where it used to be red. And I'm like, hmm, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's insane. Is that dangerous, right? Because when oh, you're teaching people, like, you want it to work right. And then they're like, oh, why isn't it? Oh, no. You know, like a new gunner, you know, you got to. Uh-huh. Go slow, go fast, and and make sure that safety is a priority. And yeah, yeah, if your tools aren't aren't in working order, like if they're not sharp, they're not safe. Yeah. And if they're not clean, it's not safe. So yeah, it goes hand in hand. I like that. Yeah, I think those are good important lessons. Of yeah, love your gear. Go, give good time to your gear. I don't always like. I'm not the profession of cleaning my stuff, but I do like before a major match. I'm definitely like cleaning everything, oiling everything. I'm like the last thing is like 
if it's something that I could control and I didn't do it, then that's on me. If I can do everything for right. the gun and then it malfunctions, like there's nothing I could have done. But yeah, you just want to hit yourself if you spend so much time and money and effort and then you didn't maintain the tool. Exactly. Let me ask you this. Do you ever bring like a backup? Do, yeah. you, do you normally bring backups? Think about this. So I shoot three guns. So pistol, rifle, shotgun, custom rifle, optic, like all the good stuff. I bring a backup for firearm. How much money do you think? driving around on the road i think about this i'm like good lord so you bring a backup for everyone huh damn you probably look like a a little narco driving around you know what i'm saying they're like so bad i have a (laughs) boxes hanging out the window you know locks on them and stuff and it's just like (laughs) tons and tons that's that's smart though because it's like you never know what can happen and maybe I, i don't know if they're like identical but for me i would think like oh maybe if like the spring pops out on one i have that backup gear thing i could slap in there and then run it i don't know yeah no all of us gun people that do things correctly like we always have spare parts so if it's like trigger parts or it's springs or stuff like that 100 percent, yeah and like I mean, mostly for rifles, like it's going to be a bolt carrier group. Maybe it's a gas ring, but you can 100% swap bolts. You don't have to like take out the whole gun or swap uppers and lowers, if you know what I'm talking about, where you just disassemble. Yeah. Um, But like, yeah. And and then even with the backups, it's like I've had to use backups before and in having identical setups. And it sounds silly, but like if you train all the time, you want to have the same trigger mechanism, have the same muzzle break if it's going to be like. Yeah, so I nerd out over all that, trying to make everything as as similar as possible. Yeah, that's so smart. That that makes total sense. It's wow. annoying, but yeah, <laughs> it's like let's let's do this. And and then half the time, honestly, is like all of us, and this is the same with the knife community. I'm sure is like if something goes down a match, I'm like, hey, just use my backup. Hey, grab my back. Like you know what I mean? Like there's someone at the match that's gonna have spare stuff for people to run. So that's really cool. I like that. I've had to use people's stuff too before. They're like, hey, hey really? this is bad. oh yeah. Just recently oh, I borrowed an open shotgun that never worked. And so I ended up borrowing another person's open shotgun and it ran flawlessly. But like <laughs> neither one of those were mine, which is kind of fun because then I got to give them both back and be like, all right, you gotta clean them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Thank you. But here you go. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And, um, and my it, community is the best. Yeah, no, that sounds so fun. I, I think three gun would be really cool because you're doing, like you said, like those three different things, those three different disciplines, the shotgun reloads, you know, the, the variable optics. I'm sure you got like a one to eight or something. One to That's exactly what I have. Good job. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that, that would, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. So fun. We'll have to get you shooting more action stuff for sure. Now that we've got the taste. <laughs> now, now that I'm, now that I'm down with the sickness, I'm down. <laughs> Like, let's go. I'm so excited. Your addiction. So what's what's next for you? Like, what does your schedule look like? What events are you going to? Or where can we find you yeah. next? Uh, you can find me, John Wick, Chapter 5. Um, we're going to be doing... <laughs> I'm speaking it into existence, okay? That's what we're I'm doing. Help. I'm uh, here for it. Let's go. Let's go. Um, yeah, that would be, that'd be wild. Um, really just growing the Tactical Tavern and trying to connect with more people. So I think... What I'm considering doing is actually integrating firearms into it, um, which has been kind of like a, a thing where I'm like, mm, I don't know. I've been kind of on the fence about it because obviously you hear about all these like horror stories, like you get the demonetizing and stuff. But I think if you go into it with good intentions of trying to help people and which is what I would want to do, encourage them to get out there, um, you know, safety and, and all of that. I think that's kind of the next step is going to be integrating a little bit more of that 
sharing some of my journey, maybe like traveling to a match, you know, Hey, we're, we're traveling to Oklahoma or I don't know where they have them, Vermont. Go to Oklahoma. They have grasshoppers that punch you in the eyeball. Oh, is that where, where it happens? <laughs> Don't go to, yeah, but you can oh, travel. Whoa. It's really funny you said that. For folks that are listening, I got hit in the eye by a grasshopper in Oklahoma on my birthday at my last match. So don't go there. Dang. I didn't know it was a grasshopper. Yeah. That's what I kept saying the off- offline is my new nickname is Little G, Little yeah. Grasshopper. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I didn't mean to bring up anything traumatizing, but, uh, that sucks. I'm glad you're healing up. You look great. I mean, Thank this you. is good. <laughs> Thank you. It's just a glass eye in there now. I don't oh, know. I know. But okay, so traveling. Don't just just skip over Oklahoma. Go to a different state. Pick any other. That uh, I don't know wherever the matches are, but I think it'd be fun to do like some more uh, per- personal vlogs and, and videos, um, sharing my journey. Maybe some martial art workouts um, and some food integration because I love cooking. Yep. And uh, and just share sharing more me, you know, just just maybe not make me focusing so much on like the knives and the products and stuff, but like what can you do with them? Going out on more adventures um, and and just filming it, you know, because it's it's going to take a little bit of a learning curve, you know, filming a hike or like filming a a whitewater rafting trip. But that is uh, some stuff that we have uh, planned in the works. Love it, love it. Well, thank you for coming on. Is there any final words of wisdom, thoughts, or anything that we didn't cover that you want to say? Um, man, thank you so much for this opportunity. This has been so fun. And I feel like I know you already, even though this is really like our first time meeting. Yeah, it's really weird. Like our industries, it's so weird, but it's not like it's I've we've normalized it. It's like we talk online, we've connected in email, but it's like I I feel like I've seen your personality, even though yeah, we've never met in person, but still I feel like I know you. And I think our vibes are similar in terms of high energy a little bit. Yes, 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 I'm here for it. I am. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't just thank you so much. And um, man, I'm, I'm just excited for the future and, and hopefully to continue to inspire more people to get into gadgets, gear and all things everyday carry. Perfect. Well said. Well, listeners, go follow at Tactical Tavern, YouTube, are you on and TikTok? You got TikTok and Instagram. Uh, YouTube, and I mean, TikTok, yeah, real shorts. Yep. Find me on MySpace. Uh, <laughs> AOL. I don't know. Uh, I don't even know, Kenzie. Thanks for putting up with me, Kenzie. I really appreciate you. I love this. I I I match it. I love it. I love the nerdiness. So cool. Well, thank you for coming on, listeners. Stay tuned next week for an all new episode of the Reticle Up Podcast. And thanks for learning with me tonight. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or Three Gun Kenzie.